Okay, look at this one. What do you see? Puppies, okay? And do they all look the same? Why not? Can you spot the difference? Huh? Upper right what? What happened? It's different, right? You know what? Uh, in, this, in this time and age, oftentimes you cannot spot Christians from the non-Christians. Uh, working for a secular company, there are some Christians in our company and you just cannot spot who are the Christians and are Christians because they act as if they're not Christians. Okay, tell the person next to you, it's not you. It's not you. It's not here. It's in the other church. Okay? And, you know, this morning, people around us are looking for proof or evidence on who we are. You know, if you tell them that we're a Christian, people expect a certain level of standards that, that believe. Am I correct? And after having a break, we're, we're just finished with the series on Christ-likeness. And then last Sunday, we have a break. Uh, we discuss about the recent Savior. This morning, we're going to start or enter a new series. This is a four-part series. Actually, this is a ten-part series, but I was just asked to squeeze it into four series. It's called Evidence. Evidentia. Right? Evidence. And uh, people always look for evidence. You know, at work, or in school, people around us, when they learn that we are Christian, they expect something different from us. I think that's a given. And unfortunately, when people learn that we're Christians, there are two, there are two responses that we may have. Probably the response is, Oh, you're a Christian? Hmm, biro. Right? Because people don't believe that we're a Christian. Or probably when they learned we're a Christian, Uy, kaya pala ang bait-bait mo. O kaya pala ang guwapo-guwapo mo. Ay, hindi, wala yun. Okay, but you know, people look for evidence. Even in school, we learn sciences and we go to the laboratory and look for some evidences. Right? Wherever we go, people look at our lives and they look for proof that we're indeed Christians. So we will be talking about this morning about what is grace. Okay, and next Sunday, Lord willing, we will be talking about living under grace. And then the third Sunday, we will be talking about grace at work. Making you as Christians productive in the marketplace. And lastly, when you have that grace, when you receive that grace, it raises the bar of giving or actually it raises our level of worship to God. Amen? Amen? And you know, I've been, the Lord impressed upon my heart the topic on evidence or about grace early this year. And you know, the devil just doesn't want me to share this. 
Because for the past weeks, there are a lot of, you know, distortions, there are a lot of uh, estorbo. Right? I, I got sick. And then, uh, normally when I would preach, I don't want to work on a Saturday. And all of a sudden, they want me to work on a Saturday, waking up as early as 3 to 30 in the morning, and then going to work. The devil doesn't want me to prepare on this. But you know, I thank God because His grace is sufficient. And it's not going to be me. It's not going to be my words. But it is my prayer that whatever things I say would be direct from the throne room of the Father. Amen? Amen? And in our discussion about grace, I'd like to say this disclaimer. Everything that you see here, I want you guys, when you go home, to open your Bibles and validate if what I'm saying are true or not. If they're not correct, junk it out. But if you find them in the Word of God, it is my desire, it is my prayer that we put it into practice. Is that a good deal? Is that a good deal? In fact, I would encourage you to bring your Bibles with you every Sunday to validate really, to check whether what I'm saying is from the Word of God. I want us to stand up for the reading of God's Word. It's in Acts chapter 11, starting from verses 22 down 23. Okay? All together now. News of this reached the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw what the grace of God had done, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true that the Lord all their hearts. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your words. And I pray, dear Lord, that you will inspire our hearts. Lord, I pray that you will prepare our hearts to listen to your words and that our hearts will be receptive and every word that will be uttered here this morning, I pray that they will be seeds that will grow into our hearts, and it will grow. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will move in our midst, from the back to the front, from the left to the right. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to each and every one of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Bigla akong inerbius, ha? Okay, I'd like to welcome my tita. Okay, she's here in front. And you know, and of course, my pinsan. And you know, when you are speaking here and you have some great relatives, bigla kang kinakabahan, eh. Okay. So, what is Grace. What is grace? You know, Christianity is not a subject to learn. Christianity is not even a responsibility or for us to go to church. But Christianity is a life to live. No matter you say you're a Christian, you've been in church for 10, 20, 50 years. If your life has not been transformed, if your life has not been renewed by God, then I would say there is no Christianity. Because Christianity per se is living a life given to us by Jesus Christ. 
In John chapter 1, verse 1, what is grace? In the beginning, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. The word word here is actually a divine expression and it refers to Christ. Okay? When it is when you see in your Bible and it's a capital letter W, it is a divine expression and it refers to Jesus Christ. So it says here that in the beginning was Jesus Christ and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God from the very beginning. He was part of creation. He was part of molding us. He was part of creating you and me. He existed even before the beginning of time. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Through Him, all things were made. And without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him, in Jesus Christ, was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The word, what, became flesh. Jesus existed as the living word of God from time immemorial. And Jesus was born in a manger some 2,000 years ago. That's why it says, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among or is and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who became or who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Verse 15, John testified concerning him. He cried out, saying, This is the one I spoke about when I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace that is already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. You know, if you search the Bible, it is only Jesus Christ who was described as one who is full of grace and truth. Even if you use a concordance, accordance, or whatever it is, you will never find in the scripture the Bible refers to the one who is full of grace and truth. It is only Jesus Christ. In fact, if you search the scripture, when you say he is full of grace and truth, it is synonymous to Jesus Christ. Jesus is clothed with grace, with truth. You know, when we talk of grace, what comes to our mind? Sometimes grace before meal, right? Or sometimes when somebody dances, oh, she dances gracefully. 
Okay? Or probably Sister Grace Perez. Grace. Okay, but the Bible describes Jesus as the one full of grace and truth. Nobody else. Kahit baliktarin natin ang Bible, wala kang makikitang iba except Jesus Christ. So what is grace? You know, one of the things I notice is that, you know, when you read the, the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 1, verse 1, it enumerates all of the bigot, bigot, bigot. Who of you have read Matthew chapter, chapter 1, verse, chapter 1? It enumerates the lineage of Jesus Christ. Ang pinanggalingan ni Jesus Christ. You know, when you apply for work, what do you submit? You submit your resume. Right? And when you submit your resume, you put all of the good things in your resume. You put there that you're a graduate of this, you graduate of that, and then these are your experiences. And this is actually the resume of Jesus Christ. If you will note, read it, in Matthew, it starts from the very beginning. It starts from Abraham. Down to the different ancestors of Jesus. Hanggang dumating kay Jesus, kay Joseph, and Mary. And one of the things that I notice here is that grace covers every sin. Why did I say that? Because if you look at Matthew, it speaks of Abraham. Who is Abraham? Abraham is the father of faith. However, what did Abraham do? He denied his wife. Do you remember that? Remember that? He denied his wife. Kung kayo ba, you deny your wife, siguro pupukin ka ng asawa mo chinelas sa ulo, right? And then, it talks about Isaac. It talks about Jacob. What about Isaac and Jacob? Isaac denied his wife also. What about Jacob? Jacob was a deceiver. He was a supplanter. It talked about David. Who was David? David was a man after God's own heart, but he was a murderer. David was an adulterer, right? It speaks of Bathsheba. Who is Bathsheba? The ladies taking a bath. Bathsheba? Okay? And then it speaks of Mrs. Prosty. Who's Mrs. Prosty? Rahab the prostitute. It speaks of a lot of people who fell short of the glory of God. But you know, grace covers every sin. And another thing that I notice in the Word of God is that grace covers every person. It covers whether you're a male, you're a female. It covers whether you're an American, a Filipino, an African-American, or whatever your race is, grace covers every person. So whatever sin or sins that we may have, Wherever we came from, grace covers each and every one of us. Who among you here are Chinese? 
Okay, Chinese people, can you read this? Okay, you know grace in Chinese, I don't know if this is how they pronounce it, it's called Chen. Chen, am I correct? Or my accent or my intonation is different, but it's Chen. You know grace in Chinese means Chen, and it is defined as stooping down. There was the creator of heaven and earth, the creator of the universe, he stooped down from his glory. Pick up a dirty person like me. A dirty person like you, full of mud. God did not use a guantes or a gloves to pick us up. But he picked us up with his bare hands so that he can feel how you and me are experiencing in life. Even though you're so dirty, it's so yucky. Our sins is just like dirt in the eyes of God and God hates sin. No matter what sin it is, big sin, small sin, everything is sin before God. In fact, the Bible says that all have sinned and fell short of the glory of God. Everybody, even if your name is perfecto, you are still not exempted. You are still a sinner. God sent his son. We are like this. But God in his glory allowed his son to die on the cross. so that we will be made clean. So that you and me will be made clean. He stooped down from heaven. Hindi ako nagbebenta rito. He stooped down from heaven, picked you up from the miry clay, started to clean you. Started to make you right before the Father. Even if you look and smell disgusting, that God who created the heavens and the earth, in all His glory, in all His majesty, stooped down to pick you from that clay, wash you with His blood, Made you clean so that you will be like this. Hindi ng diri ang Diyos. God did not say, Yuck, you're so dirty. Yuck, you smell bad. But God loves you so much. You may have wasted your life, but God is picking up those pieces. How many of you here are parents? Kayo mga parents, 
Diba when our children were small, sometimes they would go, come to us, they're so yucky, they're so dirty. They smell bad. Right? And what do you do? You still embrace your, your kid. And what do you do? You gave your kid a bath. And you enjoy doing it. You know, we were dirty. God loves to give us a bath. God loves to clean you and to clean me. You don't have to be righteous to go before the Lord. Come to God as you are. And God will do the rest. Amen? Amen. So grace. Now, for us really to understand what grace is, I'd like to call the four volunteers that I requested. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's not George. I will explain and show you what grace is and differentiate what is justice, mercy, and grace. Okay? Three guys here and one guy over there. Stay here. Stay there. Your name is Justice. Your name is Mercy. Your name is Grace. And this is my son. He's my only son. Nag-iisa. The only begotten son of God. What happened? Sorry, ah. Kaya niyo yun? Okay, thank you. So this is my son. Somebody killed my son. My son is dead. Okay, you know what dead is? Wala na, patay. Somebody killed my son. What is justice? Justice, I bring him to court. And the judge said, because you are guilty of murder, you will be electrocuted or lethal injection or five life terms without any parole. That's justice. He killed my son. What is mercy? As a father, I forgive you. I will no longer file a case against you. I forgive you. That is mercy. He doesn't deserve it. He killed my son. That is mercy. But what is grace? I forgive you. And on top of that, I am going to adopt you to become my son. And on top of that, you will get all the inheritance that I have intended for my son. That is grace. That is grace. We don't even deserve mercy. We just deserve justice. But because of love, because of the grace of God, 
I am adopting you. And the Bible says, for the wages of sin is death, justice. But the gift of God, grace, is eternal life through Jesus Christ. And on top of that, I will bless him. I will give him 10 million. Okay? That is grace. He doesn't deserve anything because he's a murderer. And yet, I as a father will love him the way I love my son. Do you understand that, guys? Okay. Thank you. Okay, now, in order for us to fully understand what grace is, let me share to you different types of grace or graces, you call it. The first one is, you call it the common grace. What is the common grace? In Matthew chapter 5, verse 45, it said, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. That is common grace. The common grace is given to all. Whether you're a saint, you're a bad person, you're a good person, you're a handsome person, you're an ugly person, you're an American, you're a Filipino, you're Hispanic, that is the common grace. It is given to everybody. All of you receive this grace? Sino sa inyo hindi hindi All of us, we all experience rain, everything. That's common grace. The second type of grace is what you call the conscience. Okay? In Romans chapter 2, verses 14 to 15, it says, Indeed, when Gentiles who do not have the law do by nature things required by the law, they are a law for themselves, even though they do not have the law. They show that the requirements of the law are written on their hearts, their consciences also bearing witness, and their thoughts sometimes accusing them, and at other times even defending them. These are the things, these are by default, the law that is written in our hearts. When God created us, there are default norms and laws that are written in our hearts. You know, there are people who are, have not received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, or probably they are uncivilized people, but what happened? They have certain norms that they follow. They have certain conscience that they follow. This is the grace. The next type of grace is what I call the saving grace. The saving grace is available to all of us. It is available to you, it is available to me, it is available to you. It is available to every person in this planet. That is the saving grace. However, you will not receive that saving grace unless you receive that gift. Okay? It says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, For it is by grace you have been saved 
through faith. It is the gift of God given to you and for me. If I give this watch to George, mahal ito. Okay? Who owns this watch? Ako pa rin. Why? Because George did not get the watch. I was trying to offer it to George, but he just stayed. He opted to sit down and just look at me. Who owns the watch? Me. But if George, George, come here. Ayaw pa rin. I offered this watch and gave it to George. Who now owns the watch? Teka, baka magkalimutan akin ah. Binuking ako bigla ah. Okay? This watch, the grace is being offered to everyone. But if you won't get that watch, if you won't get that grace, that grace will not be yours. But if you receive that grace, that grace is free. It is the free gift of God to each and every one of us. If you get that, that grace becomes yours. And that grace is offered to everyone. No matter how you look. No matter what your experiences in life are, that grace is offered to you. The offer is yours, but it depends whether you will accept it or not. Amen? Amen. And I'd like to give this invitation to each and every one of us. If you are here this morning, and you have not received that grace, you've, you've just been hearing about grace in church, or, or probably the television, or from people around us, grace, 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 grace. This grace is being offered to you. I would like to invite you to receive that grace. Maybe you have been going to church for 10, 20, 15 years. Kahit tinubuan ka na ng akasya sa likod, and you're still in church. If you have not received that grace, you still don't have that grace. Because God is offering you that grace. And there is a simple prayer that I'd like to show you. If you are that person and you wanted to receive that grace, may I invite you to pray this prayer with me. God, I come to you today I acknowledge that I am a sinner. You sent your only son to save me. And so I come and accept the free gift of salvation that you are offering to me. Forgive me for all of my sins. I invite you to come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. Make me a new person. Live in me so that my life will be transformed in accordance to your plan and purpose. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have said that prayer, it's tantamount to you receiving that 
gift that is being offered to us. And the Bible says that if we have prayed that prayer or if we have accepted Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, it says in John 1.12, But as many as receive him, to them he gave the power to become children of God. And if any man is in Christ, the Bible says, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, God is making us a brand new person. That is the saving grace. The third type of grace is what I call the enabling grace. Fourth? No, I'm just trying to check whether you guys are still with me or not. Okay, the fourth grace is enabling grace. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10, it says, But by the grace of God, this is Paul speaking, I am what I am. Who is Apostle Paul? Apostle Paul is the apostle. He wrote two-thirds of the Bible. But prior to his conversion, who was Paul? He was a murderer. He persecutes Christians. He persecutes people. But he was a religious leader. But when he met Christ, God changed him. And it says here, I am what I am. He is somebody in the society. And it says here, and his grace to me was not without effect. No, I work harder than all of them. Yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Paul is not bragging about his status. He's not bragging about his accomplishment, but he attributes it to the grace of God. That is the enabling grace. Didn't you notice sometimes that, you know, you're not capable of doing things, but then all of a sudden, you're able to do it successfully? That is the enabling grace. Tulad ko, when I was small, alam nyo, mahiyain ako. Okay? But me standing here in front, this is the enabling grace that comes from God. It is not me, but it is the enabling grace of God. You are successful in your work. That is the enabling grace of God. Pwede nyo sabihin, well, I've worked about for, for X number of years. I am a self-fulfilled person, etc., so on and so forth. No. It is still the enabling grace of God. If God decides to close all of your pores, we'll see what will happen to you. Your work, your success in life, you have it because of the enabling grace of God. Remember the Bible says, it is God who gives us the ability to acquire wealth. It is not you. Kahit sabihin, sabihin mong pinakamagaling ka or ikaw pinakagwapo sa balat ng lupa, it is still the grace of God. Because God can always decide, I will stop this life. And you're dead. But the mere fact you're alive, the mere fact that you're here, the mere fact that you're successful in work, you are being showered with the enabling grace of God. Amen? Amen? Again, it is not us, but it is the grace of God. The next one is about the transforming grace. What is the transforming grace? This is the grace or this, the things that enable us to have a changed life. 
a life that is transformed. Probably you have a wasted life. Probably you were in drugs before. Probably you have married seven times. Probably you have, I don't know if there's a murderer here. Nung araw natatandaan ko, nangungupit ako, nagnanakaw ako. But God changed me. No matter how dirty you are, no matter how bad you are, no matter what your experiences in life is, there is the grace of God that is able to transform you and me. There's nothing impossible with God. There's nothing that God cannot do. The only thing that God cannot do is to change your will. Because when God created us, He allowed us to have our will, He allowed us to have our decisions in life. That is why even accepting the grace of God, it entails your will, it entails our decision. Amen? Now, let's go back to John chapter 1, verse 14. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Please note that this verse covers two key words that describes Jesus. He's full of grace and truth. You cannot separate grace from truth. It is just like it is just like the two sides of the coin. How many of you have seen a coin? The coin has a face showing the face of a person on the other side and the other side, the face of the eagle. Meron ba kayo nakitang coin or pera that shows the same face on, on, on each side? Wala. I was going through the internet last night looking at the different coins. Iba-iba ang coin. Meron lang ako nakitang fake. Mukha ni Marcos sa kaliwa, sa kanan mukha pa rin ni Marcos. But a coin, a genuine coin is what? It shows two sides of the coin. You cannot separate grace from truth. The Word of God says, Jesus is full of grace and truth. Let me show you a story in the Bible illustrating what I mean by full of grace and truth. John chapter 8, verses 3 to 5. Let's read it. The, re the religion scholars and Pharisees, Pharisees I'm sorry, led in a woman who had been caught in an act of adultery. They stood her in plain sight of everyone and said, Teacher, this woman was caught red-handed evidentia in the act of adultery. Moses in the law gives orders to stone such person. 
What do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something incriminating so they could bring charges against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger in the dirt. They kept at him, badgering him. He straightened up and said, The sinless one among you, go first, throw the stone. Bending down again, he wrote somewhere in the dirt. Hearing that, they walked away, one after another, beginning with the oldest. The woman was left alone. Jesus stood up and spoke to her, Woman, where are they? Does no one condemn you? No one, Master. And Jesus said, Neither do I. Go your way from now on. Don't sin. The grace of God says, I don't condemn you, even if you were caught red-handed. You know, if you read this one, it's kind of funny because they saw the woman, they caught, him, they caught her red-handed, meaning naninilip sila. Right? Many people would accuse us, but look who's talking. And one of the things I noticed here, they brought the woman. Sana yung lalaki? Where's the guy? It takes two to tango, right? It takes two persons to commit an adultery. You cannot commit an adultery by yourself. Where's the guy? How did they know that the woman was committing adultery? They were sinning. All of us have sinned. But Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. That's grace. But truth said, go and sin no more. Once we receive the grace of God, grace is not grace if there's no truth. Once we receive the grace of God and go back to sinning, go back to our old ways, then we have not received the grace of God. Because when we receive the grace of God, it establishes a genuine relationship with God and that will make us as a new person. Truth is, go and sin no more. Next Sunday we will learn, we will discuss how can you go and sin no more? But this morning we're just talking about grace. Grace as it is. What is grace? You know, in the Old Testament, we always say that in the New Testament we're under grace. Right? And then we learned that in the Old Testament they were under the law. Yes, they were under the law, but I'd like to put a balance to this one. Even though they were under the law, the people in the Old Testament were also experiencing the grace of God. I will give you an example. You know, when the people of Israel left Egypt and they moved to the Promised Land, they were wandering in the, in, in, in the wilderness for how many years? For 40 years. 
And Pastor Insong talked about grumbling and murmuring. These people were murmuring before the Lord. They were grumbling. Nagre-reklamo sila. Instead of having a thankful heart, they were murmuring. In fact, they've been committing a lot of sins when they were in the wilderness. But God, in His mercy and grace, did not consume them. That tells us that even in the Old Testament, Jesus who is full of grace and truth is present. But it is in the New Testament where Jesus was revealed as the Son of God. And it is in the New Testament where Jesus paid everything so that we'll all be cleaned. Amen? Can you read this with me? Jesus laid his life for me. Jesus gave his life for me. Jesus lives his life through me. That is grace. Jesus laid his life for you and for me. He gave it to us so that if we receive the grace, we become a new creation in Christ. Jesus will live his life through us. People around us are dying. People around us does not know the Savior. You know, if you have a cure for cancer, are you not going to tell people around you that there's a cure for cancer? Oh, ang pinagsasabi lang natin yung buy one, take one, yung sale. Diba? When, when there's a sale going on at, at Costco, or the sale, there's a sale going on at Best Buy, what do you say? Uy, tara, punta tayo sa Best Buy. Merong sale. But folks, we have the cure for cancer. We have the cure for death. We have the cure for separation from relationship with God. Yun ang dapat natin ipagsabi. Why? Because we have experienced grace. And when we live a life full of grace, people around us will be affected. People around us will be in awe. There's something different in this person. The Bible does not promise us that when we have salvation, we will be free of problems. The Bible doesn't promise that. Hindi sinabi sa Bible that if you are a Christian, you will have a lot of money. The Bible does not say that, you know, when you are a Christian, you will never get sick. In fact, the Bible says that when you are a Christian, many are the affliction of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them. When you go through fire, when you go through different things in life, God's grace is there. How many of you have seen an eggplant? An egg? <laughs> Teka. I'll change it. How many of you have seen an eggplant? Okay. How many of you have seen an egg? How many of you have been to, to Starbucks to see the coffee? Okay. There are three 
There are three, what you call this, common things in these three examples that I'm going to show what. You put the egg in the boiling water, let it boil. What happens? It becomes hard. And sometimes the shell will crack. Okay? You put the eggplant in boiling water. What happened? It becomes soft. It becomes soggy. Okay? Hindi soggy nga. But if you put the coffee in boiling water, what do you smell? As Christians, we go through things in life. Some of us becomes like an egg. We become so hard. We become hard at God. We become hard at other people. We become stubborn. You will say, I've learned that lesson. No more. I don't like God anymore. Some of us, like the eggplant, we become so discouraged. We become down. Ayoko na. I give up. But let us be like a coffee. That when we go through difficulties in life, when we go through hardships in life, what happens? It brings out the aroma. It brings out the best in us. It brings out the grace of God in us and other people will smell. They will see. They will see the distinction. They will see the evidence that indeed we are the children of God. Amen? Amen. Did you learn something this morning? So, this is just actually the introduction. As I said, this is going to be a four-part series. And next Sunday, we'll be talking about living under grace. You know what is living under grace? When you go underwater, what happens to you? You get wet. Meron ba kayong nakitang lumusob or went underwater and did not get wet? Even if you wear wet suit, your suit becomes wet. Okay? You, when you live under grace, it is impossible for you not to get wet. When you live under grace and you go under grace, the grace of God will always be reflected in our lives. We will learn that next Sunday. And then Sunday after next, we will be talking about grace in the workplace. Because you know, I notice that it is difficult to live a Christian life in the marketplace without the grace of God. That's why there are a lot of secret agents. Oh, I'll give you an example. There was one time. You know, I shared this before in our work. We do a driver's debrief at the end of the day. So there was this driver. This driver is my laziest driver. He complains a lot. You know, in my own ways, Lord, why is this person here? How I wish this person is working for somebody else. And one time he was, you know, he was listening to a music. And, you know, because I was talking to him, he removed his uh, 
what you call them, whatever it is, okay, from his ears. And then I heard gospel music. And then I asked him, hey, what are you listening? In fact, I made a joke. Is that a porn? No, no, this is our song in church. Oh, so you're a Christian. No, I just go with my wife. You know, in these days and age, there are a lot of secret agents out there. Kaya ingat tayo. Because you might meet a Christian you do not know. But it is my prayer, it is my desire that we in CCF, when we go out there, people will see in us the light. People will not see that we're religious. We are not religious. It's just that we have a relationship with God. No matter what your religion is, if you have not accepted that grace that God is offering you, you will not be safe. And we will also learn that grace is being offered to us, given to us freely, and God does not enforce it upon us. Because God is a gentle God. In fact, in Revelation, Revelation, it says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. He doesn't force himself into your life, but he knocks. If anyone hears my voice and opens that door, I will come in and have that fellowship with you. God is a gentle God. And by the end of this series, we will enjoy, we've been talking about enjoying Christ-likeness. We will enjoy Christ-likeness in the light of the grace that is being given to each and every one of us. And on the last Sunday, we'll be talking about grace. Okay? Grace is the bar of giving. It's not only giving of money, but it is giving of ourselves giving of our worship to God, giving of everything to God. Because if you love God, if you love God, you will not give God the coins in your, of your life. If you love God, you will give your best. You will give Him your best time. He will, you will give Him your best talent. You will give Him your best resources. Amen? Do you like that? So I would encourage you, next Sunday, invite somebody as we unveil, as we learn about grace. So this morning, we are going to have a group discussion. Okay? We will break up into groups. Our first-timers, those that doesn't have a group, I would request Pastor Danny to, to lead them. Okay, we will be discussing the following. Grace is so abounding Yet many people have not experienced it. Share among yourselves to encourage others to try for themselves the grace that God is offering to everybody. In school or in the marketplace, how can you distinguish yourself as having experienced the abundance of grace? Amen? Can we do that? So let's, before we, we divide into groups, let us pray. Father, we thank you for this time. Thank you for the things that we have learned. 
It is my prayer, God, that the things that we have learned will sink down into our hearts. Just like a seed, it will grow and bring much fruit. And Lord God, even as we go to our respective groups, I pray, Father God, that you will give us the mind of Christ and that, so that we will be an encouragement to other people. And even, Lord God, as we, as we face this week, it's going to be a challenging week. But Lord, you said in your word that you will always be with us. And you even said in your word that, that if you are with us, who can be against us? Lord, I declare that this week is going to be a week of victory for each and every one of us. I pray, Lord God, that we will walk in your precepts. For you said in your words that the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. And we ask, dear Father God, that you will order our steps so that people around us will see that indeed we have a great God and we give glory to your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay?